Good morning. All right, we got any young folk or any young at heart folk that want to join me up here this morning? I don't know if you know this or not, but today is a day that we call Christ the King Sunday. Now, there's another name for it. We also also have a name called the Reign of Christ. And, you know, the Bible, the Bible is full of all kinds of names for God and for Jesus. Do you know some of those names that uh, we have for God and for Jesus? Got any ideas? Yeah. Christ, yes. Other names for God or Jesus that you can think of? Savior, there you go. All right, very good. Any other thoughts you can think of? Well, hey, I'll give you some ideas. In, there's, a, there's a book in the Old Testament. It's from this person. He was a prophet, and his name was Isaiah. And Isaiah, as a prophet, they would tell people about things to come. And one of the things that Isaiah talked about was he talked about this person, this Savior, that was going to come into the world. And these are some of the names it says here. Now, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but he's talking about this birth. And he says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. Hmm. And it says here that his name will be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Wow. You know, and, and over time, we've come up with all kinds of different names to describe God and Jesus. And there's a song that I used to sing at camp a lot. And the name of that song is called Prince of Peace. And I'm going to sing the first couple verses. And then on the third verse, I'm going to give you an assignment. And I'll give you all the assignment too. All right? Because you, it's your job and it's your job. When I sing that third verse, and I'll tell you when it comes up, you're going to count the different names that I sing for God and Jesus. Okay? Okay? You're going to keep track, you know? All right? You got the assignment? All right. So this song goes like this. You are Lord of Lords. You are King of Kings. Are you counting? You are mighty God, Lord of everything. You're Emmanuel, the great I am, the Prince of Peace, who is the Lamb of the living God. You're my saving grace. You'll live forever. You are ancient of days. You are Alpha, Omega, beginning and end. You are my Savior, Messiah, Redeemer, and friend. You are my Prince of Peace. And I will live my life for you. All right, how many did you count? How many? You counted 20. How many did you count? 14. How many did you count? 20. Well, how many? 21. The magic number is 20. Yes. That's a lot, isn't it? You know, but one of the more important things that I want you to know is that even though we give all of these words of acclamation to Jesus and to God, there's something else that's even more important, and that's the name that he gives to you. And you know what that name is he gives to you? You are my child. You are my precious child, and you are mine. Jesus says that to you all the time, and don't ever forget that. And when he says, I am, you are mine and you are precious and that you are my child, you know what else he's saying? He's saying, I love you and I will never, ever stop loving you. Because something else that you're going to hear today in my other message that I'm going to give to the broader congregation today is that I'm going to, you're going to hear a word from the book of Revelation. And the reason why we know that God's love and Jesus' love is, for, is always there for us is because it says that Jesus is, that he was, and that he will always be, and he will come, and he will come again. So we know that Jesus is alive, and that Jesus is with God, and that he will, that he has been, he is, and he always will be, and he is to come. So that's something that we can always hold, hold on to in our faith. 
as we now have opportunity to hear our gospel today, this comes to us from the 18th chapter of John, beginning at verse 33. Glory to you, O Lord. Pilate then summoned back into the palace Jesus, and he asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus asked, Is that your own idea, or did others talk to you about me? And Pilate replied, Am I a Jew? It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. And Pilate then said, So you are a king then? Jesus answered, You are right in saying that I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate asked, what is truth? The gospel of our Lord. Again, I invite you to join me in praying the Holy Spirit prayer and our time of meditation together today. Let us pray. Come Holy Spirit and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and we shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. God who by the light of the Holy Spirit who instructs the hearts of the faithful grant that by that same Holy Spirit we may be made truly wise and ever rejoice in your consolations. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. You just heard it read to you just a few moments ago in our opening salutation from the book of Revelations. We hear these words. Grace to to you and peace from God who is who was and who is to come and from Jesus Christ the faithful witness the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth it then further goes on and it says to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom priests serving his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We have just spent an entire year journeying with Jesus, starting with that anticipation in the season of Advent, celebrating Christ's birth at Christmas. We sojourned then with Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, and along the way he taught about the kingdom, he performed miracles, and whoever he encountered along the way, the kingdom of God came near to those who he touched throughout his life and ministry. And the greatest gift of all that he gave to us was that he demonstrated God's love and God's overwhelming love and grace for us through his life-giving sacrifice on the cross on Good Friday. But we also celebrated Easter because Easter is and was that day in which God said God's emphatic no to death. God took Jesus and picked him up out of the grave and raised him up. And because of what God did for us and God's emphatic no to death, he's provided for us the opportunity and the promise to be inheritors of that same eternal life that we will share with Jesus. A few days before Suzanne Waldron died, I visited her and she told me, she said, I can see my husband everywhere in the room. Everywhere I look, I see my husband. I think that was, her husband was a guardian angel coming to call her home. Her husband's alive and Suzanne's alive now. She's alive with Jesus. She's alive with her husband. The king and the Christ who reigns 
in both this world and the world to come. It's Jesus. Jesus was, Jesus is, and Jesus always will be. And Jesus is a servant king. He is a servant king who is always, has been, and always will be for us. He is for you and he's for me all the time. Through his life, through his teaching, through his victory over death and the grave, Jesus has established his kingdom. It's God's kingdom, and it's both here and now, and in that kingdom to come that we will share with Christ. And you and I, right now, we are active participants in that kingdom. We just heard the words from Revelation where Jesus said, and in the book of the, the, the book that John wrote about the revelation that God made us to be a kingdom, priests serving their God. You know, we were discussing this whole idea of this kingdom stuff in men's fellowship on Tuesday, and there was a comment made that had kind of stuck with me and made a lot of sense. And the comment was this, when we deal with the kingdom here and now, when, it's when we do Jesus' things. When we deal with the kingdom here and now, it's when we do Jesus' things. I think it's good for us to remind ourselves every day to have that mindset and that faith perspective that we are a part of the priesthood of all believers. Martin Luther coined that phrase, uh, over 500 years ago, and that was something that he thought was important to teach amongst the, the, the church and amongst the, the believers. We are the kingdom right now, and we are priests. I know that's a hard word for us to hear. It's, a, it's one of those things that's a little bit difficult for us to get into our minds because we've had this kind of higher, hierarchical system <laughs> Yeah, whatever that word is, you know, that high hierarchy thing. Um, that's kind of how our church has been structured all these years. And for better or for worse, you know, pastors have always been sort of like, you know, wow, you know, they've gone to seminary. You know, they've done all that special study stuff to be, you know, a pastor or a priest. But you know what? You don't need a seminary degree to do Jesus things. You don't need a seminary degree or ordination credentials to show mercy or to extend a helping hand or to help feed the hungry or to clothe those who are in need of shelter. But I do think we need to remind ourselves that our high priest is Jesus himself and that he has shown us and that he has taught us through his life what it means for us to do Jesus' things. Or another way of saying it is, is that he has shown us and he has taught us through his life how our lives are to show truth. And that's something that the world is awfully short on right now. None of us, there's, there, there, there's so much noise out there. There is all this clutter, all this noise that's getting in the way of truth. And guess what? We're listening to that noise. We're listening to that chaotic noise out there and that's why our world is in such a mess right now especially our own country and yet the, ch 
the world needs more of Jesus. The world needs more of the truth. Wow. If we had so much, if we had a whole lot more Jesus, imagine what this world might be like. To do Jesus things is also showing the truth about who Jesus was, who Jesus is, and who Jesus always will be. I I want you to think about this question this week. Maybe give it five minutes, give it 30 minutes, give it a day, maybe two. Sometimes It sometimes surprises me that I actually have people come to me like on Wednesday or Thursday and they say, you know, Pastor, I've been thinking about what you said in church on Sunday. And I'm like, whoa. They're still thinking about what I said in church on Sunday? <laughs> and here it's Tuesday or Wednesday already? Kind of blows me away. I want you to think about this because I, th- I think it's an important question for us to think about and reflect on, and that is, who is the Jesus that you've come to know through your walk of faith as you've walked with Jesus? Who is that person that you've come to know in the person of Jesus as you've walked with him? I've thought about that a little bit, and I just want to share a few things with you. The Jesus that I've come to know through my life of faith is that I believe that Jesus is a servant king. And he is a servant king who is relentlessly pursuing me. And he's relentlessly pursuing you. And the one thing that is, a, the one thing that we know about Jesus being a servant king is that he always has your best interest in mind. He's always looking out for you. Story after story, parable after parable, encounter after encounter in the Gospels reveal to us Jesus who extends compassion and forgiveness, empathy, acceptance, forgiveness, hospitality. The kingdom that I am invited to participate in each day of my life, it's an invitation from Jesus for me to show mercy and to show compassion and to be patient in the midst of uncertainty and to listen more and speak less, to look at truth straight in the eyes of Jesus. I don't know if that's what Pilate did. I don't think Pilate looked and saw truth when he looked at Jesus. And I don't know if you recall, but when Pilate asked Jesus what is truth, Jesus simply looked at him and did not say a word. And the implication there is, what is truth? You're looking at it. When you look at Jesus, you see truth. And I think we need to be bold enough each day to ask the question with sincerity and with open eyes. What or who is truth? Stop talking. Stop listening to all that chaos on social media and on TV. Stop listening to that noise. 
The truth is Jesus. And to lay aside our selfish ambitions and desires and to be open to the relentless invitation to be a doer of Jesus' things. I only need to look and hear the stories and the parables of Jesus to be reminded and taught what it means to be a kingdom priest. And I want to share just a few of those with you. The story of the prodigal son, of the father who never stops looking for his lost son to return. And when he does, his father runs to him and embraces him and welcomes him back unconditionally. The encounter that Jesus has with the woman who's about to be stoned to death. And he walks into the midst of that circle of people who had their stones lifted. And he said, he who has not sinned, throw the first stone. I hear the parable of the shepherd who leaves 99 sheep and seeks the one who's gone astray. And when he finds that one, he rejoices greatly. What do you learn when you are taught about being kingdom priests when you hear the story of the Good Samaritan? Jesus asks, who was the neighbor? And the lawyer replies, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus says to the lawyer, go and do likewise. What does Jesus teach us and show us about being a servant when he bows down and kneels down before his disciples and washes their feet? I had the opportunity this week to encounter a married couple, a very desperate married couple, who are basically experiencing homelessness. They have been evicted from their home, and all they have is a broken down 1996 minivan that doesn't even work. It needs some parts, it needs to be fixed and they have no place to go. As she opened her purse in her frantic effort to try and find her ID, I could see $3 in her billfold. That's all she had, that's all they had to their name was $3. And it's because of you and because of this church and because you have provided me the opportunity to have this compassion fund, we call it the humanitarian fund, you have made that possible for me to extend to people help. And when I took her and her husband down to a local motel here, and I checked them in, and I said, I've given you a motel room for a while, she broke down and cried, tears of joy. She was so grateful. It's because you as a congregation have said that's an important thing to do. It's important for us to extend compassion and mercy to people who need the help. The Apostle Paul, I think, tells us a little bit more about this Jesus person that you and I 
believe in and follow and look upon as servant king. In his letter to the Philippians, he says, Let each of us not look to our own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that you have in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself and he took the form of a servant, being born in human likeness and form. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death to the point of death on the cross. That is the ultimate servant king that you and I live for and believe in. And the Apostle Paul goes later on and he talks about what it means for us to be priests in the kingdom when he talks to the Galatians about the fruits of the Spirit. People who are kingdom priests, this is what their lives should be and can be. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against such things as these. Jesus reminds us again today in Revelations 1.6 that Christ made us to be a kingdom. And he made us to be priests of God. We are the priesthood of all believers. And it's through that redemptive power of Christ's love that you and I have been made priests and that we are inheritors of his grace and mercy. And that you are therefore called to work for that reign of Christ that was exemplified and lived out through the life of Christ. We are called to be the hands, the feet, the voice, and the life of Christ that speaks and lives a life that embodies love, and forgiveness, lives that embody justice and truth. We're called to respond to the needs of others out of a sense of Christ's love and compassion. And these characteristics of Christ's reign, they have absolutely no boundaries. And the reason why they don't have boundaries is because the scriptures tell us that Jesus was, he is, and he is to come. And so let us Continue to walk in the assurance and to find, let, let us walk in the assurance of faith and approach God each and every day with confidence and let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess because Jesus doesn't give up on us. Jesus is relentlessly pursuing us and therefore we are to hold unswervingly to that hope that we profess for he has promised to be faithful and let us also consider how that we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, encouraging one, one another for Christ's reign is here right now and yet it is still coming. And let us continue to pray and to live with confidence those words that Jesus taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come. Amen. Amen. Now I invite you to join me as we pray the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
And now receive our Lord's blessing. Go forth from this place refreshed and empowered to do the ministry to which you are called. Be priests in the world and travel lightly for you carry with you all that you need. Notice God's presence in simple everyday experiences and whenever opportunity arises, labor for the good of all. Keep doing that priestly work and the blessing and the joy of God, our creator, healer, and life giver go with you always, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, remember the poor, and thanks be to God.